Signs of the Southland, Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Gentlemen, a monumental occurrence in the Georgia Tech calendar year. Once again, the foes from Chapel Hill in the shooty hoop sport have been vanquished. The number three in the nation in the shooty hoop sport, of course, 74 to 73 at McCamish Pavilion. Georgia Tech comes away with the victory. I am sorry if I don't sound super excited, but <laughs> that's just how I sound. I am stoked about this. This is not a game that I imagined us winning. In our notes for our episode on Monday, I had thermonuclear Armageddon above these two games for <laughs> yes. this week. Yes. So I. I'm personally very excited. We have Rahul Despande from the Blueprint and the Technique here with us. Rahul, you are on site. You are on the court after the game. Let's start with you first. How are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you doing for this one? Sweet. Yeah, thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, my voice is gone, um, or was before I drank like 80 ounces of water today, but Besides that, I mean, what an atmosphere. I mean, for the first sellout game since 2020, it meant a lot. Um, and yeah, it was majority Carolina fans. The stands were blue more than I would like to have seen white. But still, the student section was there. Students were there. Students were loud. Fans were loud on their feet. The atmosphere was incredible. I had never seen McCamish like that before, um, except maybe even for volleyball and not even then. Um that was amazing. Um, I will say getting to storm the court, that was something I didn't get to do earlier versus when we beat Duke, also uh, ranked top 10 win at the time. Um, I had not gone to that game because I thought we were going to lose. And I said, you know, if someone from Tobacco Road comes to town and they're ranked, I'm going to be there on the off chance that I get to storm the court. And so that's what I did. Um, it was incredible. Uh, we saw, uh, we were in the student section, like right behind the band, uh, me and a couple of my friends. And we saw towards the very end of the game, they started lining up security guards um, to try and stop people from climbing down into, onto the court. And as I pointed it out to my friends and then, you know, the final buzzer sounded and we, people started climbing down and eventually like the security guards didn't even do anything. They actually started gesturing us to climb down the stairs safely, which was cool of them. I think. I wondered if they, because it's, I started videoing us at when the final possession started, like the last, last, like the last three seconds that when Davis put a shot up and it, I waited for like 30 seconds and like one guy made it through. I was I wonder if they saw the the security saw the Caitlin Clark video from a couple weeks ago and made except I went back and watched it today. They made sure most of the UNC team got off the court before most of the tech people most before the students came on. So I thought they were just a delay because they didn't want to have a repeat of the Duke situation where it did take like thirty five seconds for people to figure out. Wait, how do you get on this court? There's nowhere to get on the court because they made it so that you can't get on the court. Um, and then so I hope they kind of had the decision of like, okay, they're obviously going to get on here somehow. Let's at least make sure the people that need to not get hurt don't get hurt. And I noticed there were some older folks like around right next to the drum set that they were like, had like a ring of people around to make sure they didn't get hit on either. So that was good to see. Um, so I I think the, the Georgia Tech security did a very good job at making an effective and safe, safe court storming 
considering the circumstances, it seems. Yeah, it definitely felt better than what I think the Duke one looked like. Um, had a much bigger turnout at the center of the court, too. Yeah. So uh, I felt less embarrassed about storming the court when thousands of people are doing it, too. I also think it's like people are prepared for the possibility, right? You, you do it once, you sort of know how things go to a certain extent. It sounds very dumb to be talking about it this way for a court storming. But still, but like I, that I Duke mean, one, the Duke one was the first one in, in McCamish. So like we had, like there was not one in McCamish. So they didn't know how to, I don't want to say police, but they didn't know how to protect this and keep it safe for everyone involved until the first one came around. So it's, I'm kind of glad this the second one came as soon as it did, so that it's like okay, they had a quick, quick learning about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a fun time. I don't, I think because of the Caitlin Clark thing, I don't know how much longer the practice is going to be around. Eventually, True. security True. is going to get a little bit, uh, be a little bit more of sticklers about it. But for now, you know. It happened. It's the second one of the basketball season. It's the third one of the of the athletic year entirely. Two of them have been against UNC, the field storming <laughs> at Bobby Dodd, and now this one at McCamish, McCamish Pavilion. Jake, we haven't gone to you yet, but I want to get your take on this. How did you feel at, like right at the end of that game, those last couple, those last five or six minutes as – Results were starting to shake out. You sort of saw them, saw this coming. Yeah, I, uh, I sit up in the nosebleeds. Um, it's a pretty solid angle, but one thing it does allow, actually, it's pretty close to the press box if you've ever been to the press box. But um, one thing is it does allow um, for a pretty good view of the rest of the atmosphere uh, as well. And my first thought when I sat down in my seat you know, wearing a white shirt and whatnot because they called it white out. I was like, dang, UNC, there's a lot of their fans in white. Why did we make it a white out against UNC? And then I had the secondary realization that it's kind of brilliant because you get a bunch of UNC fans that accidentally wear white. So it looks even white outier than if you, I know that's not a word, but neither is, you know, white out. But, you know, <laughs> it looks even more uh, cohesive or coherent than, um, than I think you might otherwise have if you went gold. And, and plus, I think more people just generally have a white T-shirt hanging around than, than, uh, than gold or navy. We don't really need to to re rehash the, the great uh, color out debates that we've had many times over the years. But um, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when I got to my seat. I've been at many a McCamish sellout game. One thing that my seat does not allow is uh, good audio of uh, students and tech fans. I basically get a full ear of the UNC away section, uh, just based on, you know, all the students yelling away from me. So I hope that that translated well, because I, I got a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, a pro, pro Tar Heel content. But I mean, the atmosphere was pretty, pretty buzzing for the, for the most part. Um, Boo. Think, Boo. Oh, leave me be. Boo. Leave me be. And again, I've been at many, many a sellout McCamish game. I think we sold out five in 2018. 2019 actually it was the year we played like virginia duke unc was that the nit year no i think it was the year it must have been the year after i think we were already in um because we were doing rec club recruitment at one of them it was it was real busy it's a virginia game it was a sellout on a weeknight they were real good that year um but yeah. uh they sold out like five or six times that year and 
maybe it's just because I never bought concessions when I was a student. I mean, they they really just had soda water and and I guess some Chick-fil-A along with like the tech classic type stuff. But it seemed like the lines were crazy. And and, and of course, yeah. when you're a student, you come from dining halls or some other restaurant on campus. But for me coming in from work, I was like, geez, I don't know. I, I got to hustle to go get the go get some snacks before the game. Um, and all that said, I think this is where we can segue into actual basketball because to be honest, you know, all the accoutrements are the accoutrements. Um, and, and what happened on the court is why all of it happened. Um, that first half and, and specifically maybe not right away because tech played pretty, even at the start, despite missing a, a number of number of layup dunk type, you know, close range, high percentage shots. Um, UNC pulled away pretty severely, pretty early. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think it's unfair to say that the uh, the number three team in the country was handling business pretty well through the first. Eh, what do you say? 12, 16 minutes of the game. Yeah, it's like uh, they had their twelve zero run at twelve zero at the thirteen twenty five mark. They were up twenty to left. They they had come back from behind. They were up twenty eleven, um, and then. He made it a 10 point lead a couple minutes later. So yeah, like about halfway through the first half, they had created the lead that you'd think, okay, they can just hold it at our arm's reach and they'll be okay. Kind of game, or at least have one more scoring run and that'll put us down. And it didn't happen. And then they went ice cold for just about five minutes. Yeah. They did not score a point for that last five minute stretch. They scored oh, one point. They scored one point. It was a free throw. I know because we yeah, ended I the half that. on a 12 1 run. Right. Yeah, I see yeah. that now. But yeah, that one point in five minutes is uh, not really how you play winning basketball, to say the least. I think one of the things that we've talked about is that kind of sequence for tech, but in the next section of the game, right? That third quarter of the game where Tech just kind of falls apart offensively. They can't really get anything to drop. And it doesn't seem like they fell victim to this trope in this game. I mean, they were battling back and forth with UNC for the vast majority of this second half, right? But but to that end, basketball is a game of runs. If you're just going to, like look at some of these snapshots, you'll see an 18-4 to 4 UNC run right before maybe not immediately right before that 12-1 run in, in Tech's favor, but from like 17-ish, 18-ish um, left in the first, I know that's like three minutes into the game, but Tech was up 9-5 mm -hmm. to five and you blink and yeah. all of a sudden it's 23-13 and I think that's really what I was going for in terms of like, you know, it it, it it's a game of runs and, and to that end, Georgia Tech has seemingly given up usually a few more than their opponents and and not enough to like completely put out, put them out of games, but it definitely felt like it was trending that way before clawing it back, clawing it back, going into half. And also tech was, dare I say, not terribly disciplined on, on defense in the first part of the first half. They, they were fouling pretty, pretty clean. I mean, pretty identifiable fouls. I don't think any of them were very ticky tack or, or anything like that. It was, no. it's just tech, not really playing clean defensive basketball and, you know, you you get down in a 10-point hole and they kind of tighten it up. But really, we've seen that kind of rally from the mid-double digits type uh, behavior from this team a lot, uh, in, especially in the Clemson game comes to mind as well. 
Yeah, I think the one thing that we haven't seen this team do in these situations is close, right? They've rallied, they've brought it close, and I'm thinking very specifically of that Nevada game where Kayla Blackshear's brother scored 30 points. Yes. Nevada <laughs> pulls away incredibly late, but Tech keeps that close the entire time and probably keeps it within eight points the entire time. Um, but they have just have had trouble closing. And here's another example of them actually sealing a deal, albeit leaving it extremely late, to be fair. That right. last, yes. I think... I think uh, Nathan George puts that uh, puts in the winning shot with what like like four seconds maybe like yeah, yeah four seconds left on the clock so it's they they leave it late they they always leave it late yeah I mean all these I mean a lot of these a lot of these games that we've been in this in this tough tough losing stretch like these have been within single digits like they've had the shots they've had the chances to get to the end of the line here. And Kyle made a note of that in the press conference after he's just like, we've been like one or two possessions away and it just, that just changed the game. And then we're just out of it. Like he was fully aware of the fact that there have just been too many games where they were right there, right where they, right where they need to be just to, to make a, to make a very lethal strike and just haven't yet and haven't gotten over the line. I mean, Florida state lose by eight. Uh, that was 11. Sorry. Boston college lose by eight. Uh, seven Notre Dame lose by seven Duke lose by six on the road in a really scrappy game. Clemson, of course, you win. Virginia arguably should have won that. End up losing by nine. Pitt the lose Pitt by one, eight. I think, too. Right, right. Yeah. That one was pretty close the whole way through. Right. So I mean, it's part of the it, it's the sucky part of variance and being really young is not knowing how to close. Um, and so that's kind of just one of those things you got to learn how to win. I think is how a lot of a lot of coaches would put it and. We've at least figured it out a few times against the biggest teams in the country so far. So it's not like they don't know how to do it, but at least they do it when they do, I guess. Uh, a lot of talk uh, to that end, I think, especially being the top ranked team in the country and being a big brand, a lot of talk about a missed foul on the last possession for UNC. I don't know if any of y'all got a good look at that and would like to explain further from someone that missed it. It uh it's 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 fine that it was not called, I would say. Also a couple minutes before Gapari was completely not it had a, had a completely perfect charge that was not called, so there was a recent call that went Duke's way. So in terms of just the one for one, I was satisfied. Jack, that was a Freudian slip. Okay, cool. I don't care. Duke for you that went Duke Duke's way. A, they're both, a they're call both, that went Duke's way is so blue, natural. They're both blue so and natural. Evil they're just blue and evil. I don't I that, it's the same to me. So well, so I, I, I want to say that I, I've seen this take as a like, oh Georgia Tech should have won. Ah da 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 um from various places. Georgia one, Tech should have won now. The, one mean, <laughs> you're the number three team in the nation. The fact that you were losing to Georgia Tech, a sub-500 team. Explain that. Two, I've seen every angle that I can possibly find on this uh, on this play. And at most, it was incidental contact, natural to the game of basketball. They bumped into each other. Dude kind of flies, you know, not, not necessarily flopping per se, but it's 
it's just kind of a mad scramble. And if you're gonna if you're gonna call that Nathan George, you know, took incidental contact on the other end. Like, the, it, yeah. yeah, there there was very minimal reason to call that play, especially given that it was all things considered, you're gonna have plays go one way or the other, whistle or not. I mean, it's kind of like what what's the adage about football, Akshay? If, if if you called holding on every play, you'd have reason to call holding on every play. Like you're going to have you called holding on every play. And... We'd never play a snap. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Never play a game. It'd be, It'd be impossible. Yeah. It's 40. a physical sport. It's, Rob, it's yeah, yeah. They're physical contact sports. And it, unless you could say it happened at this time, this time and this time. Oh, and it's, you know, kind of like a hard shove or something that wasn't going the other way. Like if the whistle's going pretty similar both ways, like, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, Rahul, I don't know. Did, Rahul, you were at the ground, closer to the ground level there. Did you notice anything about that play, or did it just seem like basketball when it was happening? It looked like basketball to me. I don't know. Um, uh, the defender, his hands were down, and that's what—that's the one thing I noticed from my seat. Like, that shouldn't – it looked like a great no call to me. It didn't look like a foul from my ankle. Uh, to be fair, I was – like, it was – I was partially obscured uh, by – the uh by the glass so maybe i just didn't see it maybe there's a better angle out there somewhere uh but looked fine to me looked like regular schmegular basketball well, that's regular the right regular basketball Congrats. i like that i'm gonna use that thank you regular did he uh, make Rahul, a basketball come... move did he make a basketball move <laughs> Wait, did, he, he, did, he, did he secure the ball <laughs> make a basketball was it a clear and obvious error I hear an obvious error. I I just I just think it's it's galling to to you know to to put on the and I say this every time I talk about refs, they're part of the game, right? Control the controllables and and Jack, I think you make a great point of like, hey, like Kabari took a clean, fully planted, you know, charge. So, but then again, the charge rules have changed versus last year. Maybe those are still things that are that are ironing out. Um, yeah. It, it, that that was definitely a very stressful five seconds. Is that a fair way to put it? There was a yes. lot going on. There was a lot, yes. Indeed. Uh, Raul, I want to come back to you. Let's talk a little bit about men of the match uh, in soccer parlance, as we say. Who stood out for you in this game? For me, it was very easily Nate George. I mean, for a guy that's supposed to be in a senior year of high school right now, he's hooping at a really high level. Um, I mean, yes, there are freshman mistakes here and there, but I didn't really see too many of those um, last night. Uh, just some great plays here. Uh, just some really, really good plays overall. I would say he's probably my man of the match. I want to expound on that just a little bit because I think in a vacuum, you could take away and say, oh, yeah, not too many you know, freshman mistakes from Nate George last night. Um, but for those watching, Jack, Rahul, Akshay, I think it's pretty fair to say that while Nate played a pretty good game, UNC and Georgia Tech both had some pretty wild, uh, not necessarily defensive blunders, but just like ball flying to guy not looking, you know, should have grabbed a should have grabbed a ball as it goes out out of bounds both ways, both ways. There's a couple of times I was like, dude, UNC, why did you not grab that? You know, Um, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a pretty chaotic finish and and i was looking at highlights um and i saw kyle sturdivant's banked three he's my man of the match uh if 
if not considering Nate George just for, you know, Nate George's, he, he's got that dog in himness. But Kyle Sturdivant's banked in three, which was a butte, and they, they reviewed to make sure it was a, a three, even though he yeah. was, you know, pretty, pretty well done there. Um, that came with still over three minutes to play in the game. And those were Tech's last points until Nate George scored with 7.7 to go. <laughs> yeah. Like that was a long three minutes and 20 seconds of, of, yeah. And, yeah. and it's not like UNC was going crazy either. Cause they, no, they only they scored. Hit, well, they had a three in there. They, they had a yeah. three in there too, with two minutes to go. And I was like, Oh no. Like I, I think yeah. I remember tweeting from the account. I'm like, okay. All right, Cause there was a timeout at the 155 mark. It's just like, we're going to need a, someone's got to score a clutch bucket for going to win this. There's no way we're stopping UNC, even with their free throw struggles, which were mighty, mighty large throughout the game. They were going to find a way to get two more points at some point, somewhere in there within two minutes. You're just not stopping them. So we had to find something. And I'm. it's amazing we only had to find one of those and not three or four in that stretch of time or at least get to the line or something. Uh, well, and, and I think that's extremely emblematic of the ball flying everywhere type type right. of it, it would it just felt like a very chaotic game not necessarily like oh we dragged him down to our level or anything like that no, yeah, just yeah and and i'm gonna give credit to to before the game uh one of the folks i sit with um he goes to every georgia tech basketball game i, I think he's been at every uh home game for like the last five years except covid and has only missed like two other than that in the last eight something crazy like that anyways wow. he goes yeah um he goes, if uh, if we can hold Armando Baycott under 20, we'll definitely have a shot at winning this game. And I mean, that was kind of the playbook, right? They they completely eliminated just about, they got, you know, some a big you know, note eight, here. nine, 10 point contributions. Go, go ahead, Jack, and then I'll A finish. big note about this. Armando Baycott, guy guy that plays the paint. Let's not forget the fact that Beta, Biden Adongo didn't play the last... 30 36 minutes of this game which hopefully he's okay because that looked pretty bad he got, just like, putting yeah, that out there yeah yeah he, had, he was treated for a head injury um but yeah we we played without our best we beat north carolina effectively without our best player and and to to that end um baycott freshman of fall 2019 this is his fifth year in the league he's one of the league's best players and we just saw tech Kind of get demolished on the inside uh, up at VT last Saturday. Yeah. They're incredibly effective yeah. down low. I believe that was, uh, oh my gosh, I'm already forgetting his name, Hotit. Um, anyways, Tech did get uh, did get handled inside on the glass against VT. Um, honestly, Kyle Filipowski of Duke, pretty pretty effective in there too. But they managed to seal out a fifth year All ACC player in the form of Amando Baycott, and I mean RJ Davis. Great player, really, um, really had a night for himself. Twenty-eight points, um, kind of inefficient from three, but deadly efficient uh, from just general yeah. field goal range. Um, I, I think he was probably their man of the match, but really, they they managed to, he you know, their, keep. He was their only man. He was their whole the team. Match. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they kept they kept Baycott, Ingram, Seth Trimble. You know, it, it was a quiet night for basically everyone but Davis. That was the dichotomy of the game for me. It was. It was RJ Davis against all of Georgia Tech. And one of the mm -hmm. first thing Damon said when he got when he started his opening statement was uh this was like of the best team wins he's seen. Like it was a lot mm -hmm. of next made part of filling in for bye was Ebenezer Duane need to make some place a bit of uh 
Sasako had some really big minutes, hit his first three, I think, since November in this game. Uh, yeah, Gapari, and those were his only points. Right, Gapari had to do some important stuff. He had some, he had some freshman blunders in there, but they got around it. Uh, he did his, he did what he needed to do. Um, heck, even Carter Murphy played in this game. Who to who to think you'd need Carter Murphy for four minutes in order to beat North Carolina? But we it, did. It is. It is worth noting Miles Kelly did get in some early foul trouble in the first, limited his uh yeah. limited his play in the second, and also he was just kind of generally quiet. Um that's where you saw Nate George and uh and Kyle Sturdivant really, really step yeah. up. The the two point guard lineup I think really works for us. At at least last night, I think uh was a good oh. good evidence of that. They they played off each other pretty well, I'd say. Nate George played at four fouls for like the last five minutes of this game. Yeah. To which, oh yeah. To which, uh, uh, Damon said, "I don't think he knew he had four fouls. Like he was just playing." <laughs> uh, so that that I, I found that 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 really funny. Um, I don't think there's anything else in the press conference of note. Oh, um, this was Kyle is usually not a talkative dude. At, even after the wins, like he's just, he's usually he's a pretty reserved dude. I had a couple of classes with him. Like he was a reserved kind of guy, just quiet as just his normal mo. He felt like the proud dad of this team afterwards. Like he was absolutely beaming when he had the chance to talk about George and Kapari and everybody else. Cause it was, I think it was just a big relief for him to finally see. I mean, they, they broke through against Duke for sure, but if I, I felt like it was a different level of a, a different level of breakthrough they got tonight because it's a two months later about since that Duke game. So they've come a long way just in terms of molding with each other and buying into what Damon's trying to sell them. Um, so I think for him that was a very it was a really important win for him. Um, he made the analogy that uh, George was like uh, Simba in The Lion King. They were holding it. They finally were raising him up to bring the new dawn of Georgia Tech basketball. He he didn't even get asked about that. He before they said okay we're done here. He's like wait 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 I gotta say this and like added that on at at the end of the press conference to make sure he got the analogy. It was so funny. That's such an insane thing to say. Like, not not the sense. I think the sentiment is totally fine. Right. Just the way that he's phrased this in comparing a player <laughs> to Lion King is yeah, yeah. such an insane <laughs> thing to me to say. Um, just wrapping up here with a couple more stats. Um, Tech is now ten and eleven after that win. Eleven losses on the on the slate, but four ranked wins with three of them at home. <laughs> This team is one of the most volatile basketball teams I have ever seen, I think, in my entire life. Um, TV Teddy was refing this one, and I don't think that any of us have ever seen Tech best TV Teddy at his best, so credit where credit's due there. (laughs) A couple notes from Andy Demetra, uh, the radio guy for Georgia Tech. Nathan George has had the clutch final minute buckets against Duke. Clemson and UNC, so good. You know, maybe give him the ball at the end of games. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah. Tech was seven and one coming into this game when they were holding opponents to shooting less than thirty percent from the three point line. This was Tech's first win against home, first home win, excuse me, against a top three team since nineteen ninety four. In terms of ranked teams across all sports. Tech has beat this year number 17 UNC in football, number three UN, Louisville in volleyball, number eight Penn State in volleyball, number 12 Ohio State twice in volleyball, 
20 Florida in volleyball, seven Duke in men's basketball, 21 Miss State, Mississippi State in men's basketball, and number three UNC in bat in men's basketball. And I think there's one Clemson? more Clemson. I forgot what they were ranked. Was they they were like 25? They were somewhere 24? above, at least above 20, I think, when the, by the time that game happens. Yeah. Do you remember Rahul or? Okay. I've Thanks. got a very different but related thing that I want to point on. I okay. have no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Well, so Jake's trivia corner, um, not historical trivia, just nitty gritty trivia. Do you guys know approximately how many teams there are in Division One basketball? Like 341. Three, yeah, 340. Yeah, 340, 350. I, I'll take anything in there. I want you to guess. And you guys know the concept of a quad one win, right? The yep. the the ways that the NCAA segments wins and losses into determining if you're a good team or not. I want you to guess. Just take a guess. How many? Um, first off, how many teams have a uh, a winning record in quad one games? Let's start there. Oh, I'm gonna go no, uh, like ten. I'll go higher, twelve. A little higher. Higher. A little higher. I'll say 14. It's 18. You guys are close. Only 18 teams have a winning record against quad one teams. Georgia Tech, despite being under 500, is three and three in such games. There are four teams that are currently four and four. So based on how they play top opponents, that makes Georgia Tech transitively or whatever you want to say in effect a top 20 what three top 23 ish program i think that's pretty wild okay so we're gonna put that on a banner and yes. uh, hang it right yes, yes. correct top, top 23, 23 in in quad one win percentage yeah no that's that's the the home wins against duke north carolina the road win against clemson whereas the losses are at virginia tech yeah that was a demolition but quad one not bad um, and then you got Cincinnati and Duke there as well. Uh, it's really where those quad two games, which Tech has had a had a number of them, uh, where we're two and five. That's really the difference, I think, in in swinging swinging the season. It's interesting. One last note from Twitter on this game from Brian Ives, who I believe covers UNC or is a UNC fan of some repute. North Carolina is a. T- 10 and 20 in its last 30 combined football and men's basketball games at <laughs> Georgia Tech. The Tar Heels and Atlanta do not get along, end quote. I'm so pr- it's I'm, uh, it's crazy. House I'm, of Horrors. House of Horrors. I'm proud to say the band broke out the Fire Collins chant once again after they did the same in the women's basketball game about a month ago. Uh, that just, you know, a good, good, good banter right there. Uh, also, big note here: this was a national TV game. Uh, Reese yeah. Davis was on the call. We we've harped on this a bunch of times, but I part of the reason why our attention on Twitter was so much last night was not just because we beat North Carolina, but this was because this was just what was on ESPN. Uh, so we had the right spotlight and made extremely good use of being the national spotlight again. Um, and uh, it's something we I, we all know it needs to happen to help Tech just move forward into whatever this next iteration of what it's going to be is. Um, and so it's, it's huge. It's huge to be yeah. successful at a stage like this. Yeah. I, I mean, there were, there are random, you know, not even ACC 
fans, friends of mine that were texting me like, oh my right. gosh. Right. Well, I guess if you count Cal Berkeley as ACC, I guess that is ACC. But you know, <laughs> that, like that Big Ten ACC. grads and like ACC. my, my family ACC. and stuff. Like it. Yeah. I was like, oh, hi, hi, Dad. This glad you're doing well. Happy Tuesday. You know that kind of thing. But um, here's all I know is that the year that Rahul brought back the blueprint, and we're just storming fields and courts everywhere on campus. So I. I mean that that might be a reason. I'm not saying it is, but I, I, we're getting a lot of good there. pictures for it, if, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. There's some there's some phenomenal shots in the book. I'm I'm so excited. I uh and I got two degrees and was on campus for five years, and they never published a blueprint. So you're doing you're doing quite a service bringing it back. It's really great to see. I think you like you must have hit like the one the the exact window of. Mm -hmm. the hiatus 2018 to 2023 so you might call yourself lucky just just for that so <laughs> lucky in a manner of speaking in a sure. manner of speaking yeah in a minute for sure uh just to wrap up techs uh tech men's basketball's next game will be february 3rd at 5 30 at nc state that is what is that sunday saturday that is saturday. a saturday cw game too oh boy so are we under the, the exact opposite Who's of the favorite situation this? we had Who's i don't even want to look one? i don't even want to look i like the cw's score bug and their camera angles are like incredibly off-putting to me as just like a baseline concept so uh you know, uh, all I'm saying is the CW curse has not has not failed uh, road teams. Yeah. So, well, it, it, uh, it did fail uh, road Duke in our building in uh, basketball, but we were a big underdog. So, you know, I guess that that counts as it coming through. Is that wait? Is the curse against road teams or is it favored teams? I think it's I think favored it might be, teams. If it's favored teams, I'll be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. I wasn't, I wasn't able to find this quick enough, but uh, yeah. So. Okay. Um, I think that is about all that we have on the men's basketball dramatic victory over number three UNC. We'll be back with some trivia and some other news and dub updates after this short break. Yeah, as always, a great way to celebrate Georgia Tech basketball is to buy great Section 103 basketball merch. Uh, Miles Kelly, of course, his NIL shirt is available. Number 13, great way to support, uh, you know, great player for, for Georgia Tech. But also, Buzz Spinning Basketballs, what's not to love there, as well as Welcome to the Thriller Dome, a shirt that I own and I wear all the time. So much that I wanted to wear it for this podcast, but uh, I had to pick a different Section 103 shirt instead because I wore it the other day. Anywho, um, they make great stuff. As always, free shipping on orders over 70 bucks. Everything is 23% off today. Hopefully it still is by the time this goes out. But in the event it's not, uh, tune in whenever Tech has nice little uh, upsets because they, they generally tend to align with, uh, with uh, nice sales at Section 103. Welcome back. Uh, just a couple of news and notes before we hit the trivia button. The spring game for Georgia Tech football has been announced. That date is April 13th. Uh, kickoff is set for 1 p.m. I believe that is Masters Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Purdy. It is 
not only Masters Saturday, it's softball Saturday, tennis Saturday, and baseball Saturday, also at Tech on that day. So uh, we've, we've mentioned there's always going to be some tax Saturdays. That's one of them. And usually parking's free for the spring game, too. So I'd be curious how they're going to uh, solve that problem. If uh, I mean, This would be a lot of people on campus. Uh, hopefully that means to be a lot of overflow to baseball. Hopefully there's be some inflow to tennis and softball maybe, too. I don't know. Uh, but it would be a busy, busy day on campus that day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the uh, last note, or I guess I have two more. Uh, women's tennis, one versus Georgia State, 7-0. Uh, so that's nice to see. I believe the men are facing off against State on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. The last little bit of ACC-related news, which I wanted to mention very briefly, is that Boston College head coach Jeff Hafley has departed for the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator job. Oh, it's uh, I didn't know. It's January 31st, and the college football coaching carousel is still chugging. It is remarkable what <laughs> how much has changed in the sport. Rahul, you might get a job at a power five, years. a power four program with how much turnover there is. I mean, I just keep your <laughs> keep your keep your uh, ears peeled. My ears are options open. I think I think there I think I could do a pretty good job, maybe. <laughs> there you go. That's the spirit. If I if I, I had y'all in my ear, in lots of different places. I'm sure I'm sure Syracuse or so, well, there's going to be some schools out there that are just going to need a coach again in the next year and a half, probably. Just how all it. I'm saying, all I'm saying is that there is no better job than a fired head coach. <laughs> <sighs> it's they make so much money. They make so much money to do absolutely nothing. And then they consider they, they just can't stop. Like they just go and coach again, which sacrifices the money that they're taking for free. It's it's hilarious. It's it's always funny. What we can do as well in in that vein is keep laughing at UNC with some North Carolina themed trivia. Mr. Grant, what do you have for me? Yes. Uh, as Many likely know uh, Georgia Tech and North Carolina have not always shared a conference, but they've often crossed paths. Uh, they they played, of course, in, in every sport, given that they do share a conference together. But honestly, it hasn't always been successful. Gents, there are two teams that own a winning record all time against North Carolina uh, among Georgia Tech sports. Do you know what those two teams are? Winning record all time across all Georgia Tech sports. Wow. Okay. Volleyball. <clears throat> Damn. I tried. Oh, dear. Uh, um, football. Yes, that is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> always, whenever I think it's not football, it always is. This happens every single time we do this. You know, we have like the like top 25 most wins all time as a football program this, and this UNC is, is UNC football. Like, yes, but also <laughs> have you ye of little faith, like <laughs> ye of little faith is like my middle name, my guy. Hey, there's one more. It's probably the other quote unquote obvious one. Uh, should you know much about UNC's uh, other sports? Let's just say that. Baseball? Field hockey, of course. Oh, field Jack hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, baseball, I did. Okay. No, yeah. Georgia Tech does not have a winning record against field <laughs> hockey. We don't have a field <laughs> hockey team. Um, That's no, the Georgia joke. Tech, 
Georgia Tech football is 588 all time against UNC. That's 32, 22, and three. Baseball is 83 and 72 all time against UNC. Rounding out the rest of the sports, you've got softball, or sorry, volleyball at a 478, uh, softball at a 470 flat, and then four very torturous, torturous records. That would be men's basketball, uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth highest on this list at a 273. This is before last night's results. So it'll be a little bit better. Keep in mind the next three of these are, are about to be worse. Men's tennis is 14 and 38 all time for a nice 269. Uh, women's basketball is 256. That's 21 and 61. While women's tennis, and keep in mind, this is the only sport in which Georgia Tech has uh, an NCAA recognized and awarded national championship all time is 12 and 41 against UNC women's tennis who are quite good. Um, that is a yep. 226 all time record. Interestingly, if you aggregate all these sports together, uh, Georgia tech is, Oh, uh, four, uh, four Oh four all time against UNC in all sports, nice. which is so <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> defend uh, the 404 next year you know God. great um but yeah all-time georgia tech is a 327 uh at away sites a 395 at neutral sites and 480 at home so very tough unc's got a great uh athletic department are there any other stats you want to know i have them all right here but those are just the ones that i thought were were kind of kind of amusing the 404 thing is going to really bug me now. It's going to bug <laughs> I me thought that was so funny. much. The amount of times that 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 number has come up makes me really, really convinced that if we'd done better the last couple of years, we could have been like capitalizing on this and like everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you might think. Uh, oh, one I'm other fun fact that I did notice. Idea. I'm tortured by the idea that this that the man that I associate with 404 now is the defensive coordinator at, at UNC. Well, tortured and also like looking forward to Schadenfreude, but he's, I digress. He's a nice smooth 500 all time against UNC. Remember, uh, remember Mercedes Benz the the prove it game that was great. Um, all time prove it concept notice, game, Jake. Yes, I did notice that Chan Gailey went five and one, which I thought was worth. Uh, Worth noting for all my Chan stands out there, uh, Chan Chan Gailey did go uh, five out of six uh, against uh, against the gang up that way. Paul was seven and four uh, for notes. I'm trying to see if any of the other ones uh, jump out at me. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Shelton Collier, of course, six twenty five. You'd expect that. Um, mm -hmm. William Alexander went six three and two for a nice six thirty six. Um, but yeah, that uh, that's really about all I got. Um, Unless you guys want to know something specific, yeah, it's always a always a good time to dive into into these results because there there's always something weird at the bottom. Always something weird is kind of our specialty, to be fair. So <laughs> that's, that's how we do. That's how we do. That is though. You might as well put it on a placard. Put it as a subtitle on every episode. But gentlemen, I think that about wraps it up for us. Thank you, Raul, for joining us tonight. Where can the people find you and your work? Sweet. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter, usually. Uh, my username is rs-47. When, when, the blue, when the blueprint comes out. When the blueprint comes out. 
Blueprint's going to be out in April, in late April. Uh, you can come find me on campus at commencement to pick up your copy. Critical uh, question. You can also can... place an order. Yeah, I was about to say, can alumni buy this when when, when it's done? <laughs> alumni can purchase it, but uh, you'll have to find your way onto campus to pick up your copy. If you've got any 2017 ones lying around, it sounds like uh, that's the only the only one that I might feature. But anywho, uh, congrats on on all your work there. It is great to see that uh, that kind of thanks for having me. All right, absolutely, Mister Grant. Yeah, happy to take us away again. Thanks for joining us. Uh, As always, we do know uh, that this podcast is distributed many places, but the best place uh, for for everyone to hear about it is through word of mouth. So tell your friends, give us a review, write uh, write us at uh, from the rumble seat at gmail.com. Summer is not too, too far away, but uh, we do take suggestions all time of year, even if we can't make them a full episode. So yes, email us from the rumble seat at gmail.com. You can find us on the web from the rumble seat.com. Like, comment, subscribe, interact. Uh, we put up a bunch of content in the written word there, as well as these fine podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at FTRS blog. I'm at Jake Grant 98. Jack's at Jack Nicholas and section 103 is at section 103. You can also find them at section103.com. You can find us on Facebook. Book, Instagram, and YouTube. That's the full blog name at From the Rumble Seat. Oh, I almost forgot. Use code FTRS at section 103. And in the meantime, good night, good luck, and go Giants.